0: Black Bay 58 goes gold, Rolex underwhelms at Watches and Wonders, Panerai goes eco, Tag leaves the design book at home, Renaissance Type 2 combines a mechanical watch with electrical components so you can set it from your smartwatch, and then Chris and I pick our best watch from Watches and Wonders. Hi everyone, welcome back to Casual Watch Talk. You're joined by Sam and Chris. Chris, how have you been? Uh, Pretty good. So let's kick it off with This Week in Watches. And of course, the big news this week was the announcements at Watches and Wonders. Now, for me, Tudor really stole the show. But one of the things I was going to ask you about, Chris, was they released a gold Black Bay 58, which looks stunning, but its retail price is going to be $16,800, which is $13,100 more than the blue Black Bay 58. What did you think about this? Because they also released a silver one as well.
1: It's interesting that maybe five years ago, I feel like the watch uh, community was clamoring for more stuff in stainless steel. And now we're we're going kind of going back to you know precious metals uh gold platinum silver
0: I've owned the black bay fifty eight so I know that it's the case is so nicely proportioned and it's you know it's smaller than the normal case, but I'm not sure how i mean even if it was made from solid gold, i mean it's thirteen thousand dollars more than the standard black bay fifty eight I
1: can't understand
0: where the because
1: it seems like a premium it i mean it is a premium it's definitely a premium and and if the uh precious metal premium that you're paying is more than what you would pay for the physical precious metal (laughs) it's a it's a little question questionable as to in the future you know you know like do you think the value of this is going to maintain? Do you think, you know, do you think that gold Tudor Black Bay 58s are going to continue to trade at $16,000 or will they fall off quickly and then they'll kind of settle into a well it's used and you know maybe 20 15 20% off of that?
0: Yeah, exactly, because I know there's people that collect vintage Tudor watches, and I'm not sure they're the same people that would want to spend, say it was $20,000 in a few years. I think people would be looking at Rolex for that. I mean, the Tudor Black Bay 58 is a great watch, and I commend them what what they've done, but it it seems a, a leap, really, that price.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Did you like the, what's it, the silver? The grey,
0: I did, but my immediate thought was, have they done this so it tarnishes? Because I, I know patina on bronze is something that people look for, but you don't want that tarnish on silver. I mean, if it gets on your clothes and everything, right, right
1: that that dark black tarnish, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're know, like well, polish your polish your fine fine metal watch.
0: Yeah, well, it was very interesting, and I commend Tudor for what they're what they're doing, and they'll get a little mention later as well. Well, next story, and depending on who you listen to in the watch press, I feel like Rolex may be underwhelmed this year. Meteorite Daytona, I guess, was the the showstopper for them. But other than that, I'm not quite sure what they were doing with that two-tone Explorer. What did you think about their releases?
1: I think they got roasted pretty good pretty good by the uh by the you know watch community for sure i saw two videos that definitely kind of pointed out and uh, i saw another video that was interesting that brought up the point that it feels like there are now sort of two rolex fan camps which is one Rolex should be innovative and be, you know, coming up with new things all the time and trying different materials and trying different colors. And, and why isn't Rolex amazing? Cause it's an amazing brand. And then the other of like, well, the reason why we bought a Rolex is because it's, it doesn't change all the time. It's not, it's not massive. You know, you, you, you can come back to the brand and know exactly what you're getting and you're getting it every time and it maintains value and they're not rocking the boat and that sort of thing. And so there's like the two camps. Not that either of them are less correct or you know right or wrong, but but it it uh, was definitely a it was definitely a, a, a win for the you know Rolex exists to put out a couple of small changes every year and not really shake up you know their their colors or and shake up what they did.
0: I mean, I totally agree. I like some of the stuff they did. I think those funky dialed date justs were okay, but yeah. It does take part of the fun out of it. I guess that you know that these models are going to be impossible to get hold of. And just swapping around the bracelets on the Batman. So many other brands blew. I mean, I know Rolex isn't horology or grand complications mm-hmm. or anything like that. But a lot of other brands, especially Tudor, I think they did a much better job.
1: Yeah, I, I found it interesting um, the the sort of the take at the end was almost like well Rolex you're not going to change so it's cool you don't really have anything for us in the in the introductory price point i mean like it just seems like everything's unobtainable now and it just becomes this like you know well it'd be nice you know it'd be nice to to drive a 911 gt3 around but you can't get a hold of them. So sorry. And like, same thing with, you know, some of these Rolex stuff where you're just like, you can't, you can't order them. You can't buy them. You can't get them.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a weird, you wonder what the game is. I know a lot of people have speculated. Well, they want to be as prestigious as Patek. They mm-hmm. want to be in that price range. They want to be as sought after. So they're limiting supply of certain models, but I don't feel like that's what Rolex was ever about. Originally. I mean, you, right, people aspired to them. Like I know people who really know about watches aspire to protect, but you mm-hmm. say to protect to the average person and they feel like they're unobtainable. And I, I don't think Rolex will do themselves any favours to be so unobtainable for people because it's it's generations and generations. I mean, you know, it was those people, those same aspirational buyers that got Rolex through the quartz crisis and that have stuck with them for so long. Right.
1: And my final take on this is where do, you know, where do they go? They, at this point, like I would rather as a manufacturer, as a, as a watch retailer, I would rather sell an absolute boatload of $5,000 pieces every single week than one hot horology, $250,000, one of five, piece i just that seems so far away from their 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 core market that you as you said have have always been that aspirational you know every man every man watch market
0: yeah and i suppose we can't leave without mentioning about the rolex explorer 2 which they didn't really do a lot to i think people are expecting a lot for the 50th weren't they and then nothing nothing happened with it really i mean they upgraded the movement and the hands changed a little bit but
1: yeah yeah it was it was definitely a a, a bit of a disappointment
0: also just for the record i wasn't a fan of that two-tone explorer either but there you go
1: <laughs> yeah no and that's not not for me
0: next story did you see this renaissance watch i've seen these watches before because they're just so dis- individual and distinguishing but did you see the one they released at watches and wonders that has it's a mechanical watch it's actually manual wound on the back you actually flip Mm -hmm. it over and it it exposes a a crank sort of thing to wind it but it has electrical components in it that i believe are solar powered that allow you to set the watch from a smartphone it's just insane the technology Hmm. it's like a hybrid movement did you did you see this one they did a Watches and Wonders did great videos on everything and also a news show every morning. They did a uh, they did a great job of covering the whole conference, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I caught pictures of it. I didn't uh, I didn't get all the details on it. It looks pretty cool. Now they've they previously their previous models were were basically this like oil-filled dial, is that correct? That sits now I, I understand it like sits and it's like coupled in the past it was coupled to like an ETA movement um and so now they they basically have upgraded that movement that was in the back to allow some other functionality this is this is the this is where they're going with this
0: uh, yeah yeah exactly so they've they kind of hybridized the watch I'll throw some photos up here but this is a watch where it has no hands it, the entire dial mm-hmm dials move to tell the time it's yeah. it's like nothing you've ever seen really before in fact it doesn't look at all like a mechanical watch it, it looks like a smart watch with a with a face on it really
1: yeah or or like a rounded screen like a bubble screen it's it's super fascinating i've seen the previous model and yeah the technology is is super interesting uh they're a bit pricey but you're definitely getting uh a completely unique style of of watch Well, before we go on to our next story, we have a sponsor for
0: this week. So thank you everyone who reached out to sponsor the show. But this week's sponsor is Blue Shark Watch Bands. So they specialized originally in high quality NATO straps. They run an ongoing promotion, which is buy two, get one watch strap for free, or buy three watch straps and get two for free. I was sent the Kodora Olive Green Watch Strap and the Alpha 2 Quick Change Strap. I know, Chris, you've got Yours are still on the way to you. I originally asked them for the Kodora one because I was interested in seeing it. And they sent me this other quick release strap, which is kind of like a NATO strap, but in two pieces. So you attach it like a traditional watch strap. It's in two pieces, but it's slightly thicker. And I thought I wasn't going to like it at all, but I actually liked it because it was a thicker material. In fact, I liked it more than the Cordura one. The Cordura one is very stiff. And I'm not sure it, it's going to take some suppling up. I th- could take some time to break in a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So when we'll, uh, Chris could talk about his when he they arrive next week. So next story, I think it was weird this watch and wonders because a couple of things stood out to me that I wasn't expecting. I was looking forward to some brands, but one thing that surprised me was Panerai. Now Panerai released a watch that they're calling eSteel. Annoyingly, it actually has eSteel on the dial as well but they released one that was sort of wholly from recycled material but the the two limited edition ones the one that really caught my eye the green one is supposed to be 58.4 percent recycled components that they've used or steel so it's hard to work out exactly what this is but essentially they're using recycled steel and also recycled titanium they've been working apparently for uh, a while with 10 suppliers, their traditional steel suppliers, and they've, they're have they trying to source recycled steel from them. And what they did as well, which was nice, was they kind of released this watch, talked about how they were, had this e- new ecological mindset, and then they released all these 10 suppliers as if a gauntlet for the other watch companies that says, well, you can use these too. Did you, hmm. did you catch these ones, Chris? I,
1: I didn't. I saw a little bit, I saw a little bit about the design, the Panerai design stuff, but I, I didn't catch any about the Eco. I, uh, from the sounds of it, I'm a little skeptical. May it sort of sounds a little greenwashing uh, as we, as we say. Um, I mean, most steel is, is recycled. I, I would hope that there's some new methods that they're looking to recycle steel it doesn't, uh, you know, pump up, a, you know, obviously, if you're recycling steel, it, it doesn't use as much, uh, you know, heat and it doesn't add to the environment, uh, CO2 to the environment. But, um, you know, I can't necessarily fault them for for saying, hey, we we want to we want to take we want to take charge of this. And, you know, it's for, for them to do it. It's it's fine. I you I don't want to get lost in like the big picture of like how much you know how much is how much you know how much stainless steel are we uh, are we saving here but but good for them to be conscious of
0: I actually had this, I love the look of these watches. It, the fact that it's got this e-steel isn't what appeals to me. I like the blue and the green dial, and I've never really seriously looked at Panerai before. I've reviewed a few, but you're right. I thought a lot of steel. I know certainly the car industry, I think, uses a lot of recycling steel, and it, yeah. they also, the band is made out of um, recycled plastic bottles, but we've seen Oris do this before. I saw an Oris this week as right. well that had recycled glass, I think, as the... As the back case mm-hmm. but um yeah you're right it's it's does it take any more energy to make a watch strap out of bottles like would it have been easier just to make one from scratch or the same with steel yeah. so i like it, them because i like the look of them not i mean necessarily because of this eco side
1: yeah 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 and and for uh for plastic for plastic for glass and for steel interesting like i know uh with glass you start Like you start with broke, you start with recycled glass in order to make glass. So, I mean, you need a little bit of that like starter Uh, sort of with steel it's a lot less energy to do recycled steel versus, you know, mining out of ore and doing the chemical processes of pulling, you know, steel out of rocks, uh, which, you know, certainly certainly better to recycle. So, yeah, Um, certainly again, good for them to good for them to to promote it, but a little tongue in cheek, uh, maybe maybe a little e-steel is not uh, something that I'd be necessarily excited to have on the dial.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I did like the look of it. Moving on to our next story now, and I- I've been poking fun about this. In fact, I'm going to get a-, a good friend of mine, actually, hopefully he's going to come on the channel just to talk about this because he is a big Tag fan. But I-, I can't help but think that Tag showed up to watches and Wonders and totally left the design book at home. Have you seen this new aqua racer 300 meters i mean this thing looks like a, a love child between the omega seamaster 300 and a british 50 pence piece i don't quite know what they were thinking have, have you seen this one chris
1: i yeah I, I took a look at it uh it's it's very i mean it's very seamaster it's it's very seamaster 300 for sure for sure and then the dial proportions, you're right, like that almost toy-sized, because it's not, like it's, its you know, like if you had, if you took a Seamaster and trunk it down and then kind of changed the proportions a little bit, you'd be like, what's wrong with that Seamaster? And you kind of use you that same, kind of gives you that same feeling. And it's weird. The
0: Cyclops at the six o'clock position, uh, it's got an inward facing magnifier, so it's not I mean, I think that would be the only thing that would make it worse, as if it was protruding from the outside. But what a weird position right. for a date and Cyclops, like at the six o'clock position. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, you know, we've we've just we've talked about six o'clock dates. Uh, They're certainly there can be polarizing. I it doesn't it it doesn't bother me where it is. It's it's symmetrical, so that's that's what has it going for it. Um, but I, I don't think they've done. That, I mean, I've seen other companies do the, uh, you know, magnifier, uh, on the inside of the Sapphire, but have, I don't think I've seen that from Tag. So that's sort of unique from them, but it all kind of comes back around like, where is, you know, they left the design, they left the design book at home.
0: What I think is one of the biggest face palm moments that they did with this watch is they released a tribute watch. And of course, they've released a tribute watch to a Hoya version and Hodinky put the two watches side by side. And the one it's a tribute of looks so much better. It looks awesome. I, when I first saw it, I thought, wow, they've re-released that vintage Hoya. That looks stunning. And then and then they put the two side by side and say, well, this is Tag's uh, tribute to this vintage Hoya. And it was like, dudes, what were you doing? Like the old one looks miles better.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, with with all of the watch companies, at least over the last three years, going into their back catalog and pulling stuff out. I mean, I can think of at the top of my head, like four or five companies that do an amazing job of that. And you just and so you you have to be on your game if you're going to go back into the catalog and pull something and then and then re-release it.
0: Because I think they've been doing a good job of the watches where they've re- and they're not afraid of putting Hoyer on the dial. Um, and I would, of course, argue that Hoyer's got the watchmaking history, but I suppose you know TAGS had them since the 80s. So okay, well, that was the roundup for the news. There was a ton of stuff that came out from Watches and Wonders, and in fact, they did a great job of their online presence. As mentioned before, they did a breakfast show that I watched every morning. They did interviews. It was funny because some of the some of the the guests that they had on were obviously not used to being on camera, or perhaps their English wasn't their first language, but overall they did actually a great job of it I can't imagine basil world would have done anything like that for the consumer I mean gone to that level of production did did you see any of the breakfast show stuff I
1: caught a I caught a little bit I didn't I did not have uh, I did not have uh, some time to grab it but uh, it seems like it seems like it was it was well received and it felt like I mean maybe we're just getting we're just kind of getting used to this, uh, zoom work from home stuff. And, you know, like, I feel like maybe a year ago, I was like, how are we going to do this? And then this year we're like, Oh yeah, we're just gonna, you know, we're going to put a show on and, and show the new pieces and we're talking, you know, we'll, we'll talk to different folks and, you know, and it is kind of came natural. So I'm glad it, uh, I'm glad it it worked out and it is certainly, uh, is now like an acceptable thing. And, and Sam, I think you're right. Like, um, definitely gets us, you know, watch fans involved, uh, much more than a, a show in a convention center in Switzerland or in, you know, France or whatever. And so, um, for us to be able to, to reach out and, and participate, um, and, you know, and, and really peer into it, um, is definitely a bonus.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, the time's come we've, and know you guys have been watching watches and wonders last week. You've probably seen endless streams of youtube videos some people have been doing some great jobs I, I haven't done one specifically on this but i suppose we better if we had to choose one watch chris from watches and wonders what would you have gone for what was your top watch of the show
1: top pick and i this was I uh, love at first sight The forty-one millimeter IWC Pilots Watch in blue.
0: That was yeah. That was the chronograph.
1: Mm, Yeah, it's uh, so originally it was the uh, the Petit Prince was uh, and it was a forty-three or a forty-four. It used to be or is now, but smaller smaller case size, better size. They moved the uh, sweeping second down to the bottom, so they you know subdials a little different. New movement. Um, day date complication three subdials, gorgeous watch um instantly instantly fell in love so this is going to be definitely on my radar
0: yeah so i went for one that i could afford because there was some incredible that Jaeger culture <laughs> reverser that they did was unbelievable Oh, there right? was some just spectacular yes. ones that the Black Panther AP Royal Oak that they, it uh, wasn't in Royal Oak, but that Black Panther mm-hmm. AP that they did that mm-hmm. is just, I think that mm-hmm. nearly broke the internet when they released that. There were so many cool <laughs> yes, things on, but yes, yeah. for ones that I could yeah. afford, I, I had to give it to the, the Tudor chrono, the 41 millimeter Tudor chronograph that they did. The slightly thinner one, but oh, that okay. also a hmm Yeah.
1: A great pick. A great pick.
0: Yeah, uh, Adrian at Bark and Jack just did a pretty good video on it, actually. But yeah, that was the that was the standout one for me. Was that was my pick, the Tudor Black yeah. Bay? Was it Black Bay? But the Tudor Chrono forty-one millimeter, the reverse panda mm-hmm. one. The white one looks good, but it looks like there is some variance in hue of white between mm-hmm. the hands and the dial. But uh, yeah, that yeah. was
1: yeah. No, I like the the black dial, white. uh, oh, it looks yeah, it looks good.
0: Awesome. Well. That was the uh, that was our picks for watches and wonders, and that was your snapshot of the news this week. As always, we appreciate you watching, and we'll see you next time on Casual Watch Talk.